Try to flip this thing on. Alright. Getting any sound from this? Yes. Alright, cool. 
Yeah, that seems kind of funky. I didn't use this last time, so this is a new experience. And in Vermont, it was like a small church, and it had really cool, really great acoustics. So I never needed a microphone. So this is kind of new. I might look like an alien or ET or something, but I'm sure you guys are used to it. I know Marcus used to wear this. But yeah, I know Drew just prayed for me, but this is church, and this is a pretty good thing to do, so let's just pray again. <laughs> Alright, dear God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here We just thank you for the town of Lincoln and the surrounding areas We just thank you for everybody that's here today We just pray that we would grow closer to you and closer to each other Pray that you would be with me and just guide my words and my heart and my mind And just help me preach your word and your message And glory to you In Jesus' name we pray, Amen yeah, so, my name is Sean Brown, I was the winter intern last winter, and I was pretty much the only intern, but I had Craig and Nick, and they were around, so it was a good time, and it was fun getting to know you guys a little bit, and spending the winter up on Loon Mountain, it was beautiful, it was awesome, it was a great experience. And Marcus had a connection with Abe Gross in Vermont, and he was looking for a fill-in pastor, basically a substitute pastor for three months. Because he was preaching for 16 years straight, preaching and doing the whole pastor thing. And it's a hard job. Marcus does a lot of work. Every pastor does a lot of work. So when they told me about that, they're like, oh, you can come preach and you can come sing songs and meet people and we'll pay you a little bit to do it. Okay, that sounds awesome. Like, why not? You know, a few times people have told me, like, hey, you should be a pastor. You know, I feel like you have a pastoral calling. And like, all right, well, if God's called me to do this and the door is open and I get paid a little bit of money, like, <laughs> why not? So, the past three months, I was preaching and pastoring in a little town in Vermont. And the congregation's about 30 people, which is a good size for Vermont. You guys don't know it, Vermont is the least church state in the country. Vermont is definitely a mission field. New Hampshire is close behind. New Hampshire, I believe, is second, so we're right there, too. So we live in a mission field. So it is so important to represent Christ every day, wherever we're going. Oh, yeah. Abe would want me to say this, but Vermont is looking for missionaries. So, <laughs> you guys need something to do. Our doors are open. Literally, the church is always open. So, if you need somewhere to stay, if you're going through Cavendish, Cavendish Baptist Church, stop by. We'd love to have you there. <laughs> so, getting some points with Abe there. He'll definitely like that. Tell your friends and family, we're looking for Christians. Sweet. So, yeah. It was a very humbling experience being the intern pastor there. It made me realize I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Or prepared for things. Or, I don't know. Just, it's very, very intense being a pastor. Being up here, it's just like, wow, we have to represent Christ the best that we can. And we are all just broken people, you know? So it's almost, 
It's hard to feel worthy to be in that position. But all we're doing is just pointing people to Christ. And that's all we're here for. And my schedule was somewhat full. On Mondays, they had an open mic at the bar there. And I'm, <laughs> I like playing guitar and singing, but I don't like doing it in front of people. So that was a good way to kind of break that. And it's a great way to meet people in need of Christ, too. And I don't think, I don't know, Marcus, he's pretty good at going and meeting people, but I don't know too many pastors that go to the bar and, <laughs> and go do ministry, you know. And I don't drink either, so like, it's good, I can stay focused that way. So that was a really cool experience, and it was just so cool. I'm terrible at singing and playing guitar, too. I played here once, and I hope your guys' ears have recovered from that. <laughs> no, I'm not terrible, but I'm not the greatest. But these guys at the bar, they have, like, so much grace on me, you know? They, like, clap so much and cheer me on after I sing, and it's just like, wow, I really see God in these people at the bar. It was just such a crazy thing, you know? You don't expect it there. But it was just so beautiful, so just getting to connect with them every Mondays, and hopefully I'll make it out there tomorrow. I do want to do some time at Encore. I know I owe you guys hours, so... <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, then Wednesdays I've been playing basketball with the high school kids. There's like a gym, a basketball gym, and it's always open basically, like seven days a week, a free basketball gym. So I've been going down there after school, the kids show up, and I meet them there and shoot around, and it's been really fun. And Thursdays I've recently started like a prison ministry. There's a group that does that, and I've went maybe three times now. That's a good experience. And I told uh, Hattie and the kids the other day, I'm like, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of prison ministry. They're all, prison ministry? Like, what? I'm like, no, it's not that bad. They're really they're really cool. They're great people there. The high schoolers, though, playing basketball, those are the ones you got to watch out for. Those kids are crazy, you know. The prisoners, they're all right. But yeah, I've just been trying to fill my schedule with that and doing some ministry here and there. And there's a ton of concerts out there, and I'd go and dance, and a lot of people recognize me from that. So it's kind of good to get my face out there and make some connections. And I finished preaching three weeks ago, so now I'm on sabbatical, finally. <laughs> just went to the beach last weekend and got back. And Worked yesterday, still haven't had a good shower, so don't get too close to me. No. <laughs> but yeah, so I asked Marcus, I'm like, hey, should I just pick off, pick up from where have you been? Would that be helpful? So you guys have been in Romans for a long time now, and it's just like such an awesome book, such a, a crazy book. I'm sure you could spend even more time in it. But yeah, we picked up in... Romans 13, and that's cool, you guys read the whole thing, I was going to do that, so, saving me a step, and you guys read it too, so that's good. There's something about saying scripture and speaking it that gives it more authority and power, so that's awesome, I'm glad you guys did that. So, verse 13, says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
And notice the first word here in my translation. It says when. When God's people are in need. It's not if God's people are in need. Because we're going to need help sometime. There always is times when we're going to need help. So when God's people are in need. I think God's people is just talking about everybody, basically. We are all made in God's image. So I don't think he's just talking about Christians. When Christians are in need, is when anybody is in need. Be eager to help them. Just be looking for the situation, basically. Be ready to help them. So when I was at Rockside Ranch, we took uh, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University. Who's heard of Dave Ramsey here? I know you guys have, right? It's good stuff, and it talks about budgeting and have your emergency fund in case something goes wrong. So I have that money saved up in case I got to get back to California. I'm a long way from home, you know. If something happens, I got to get back there and get on my feet. So this taught me have your emergency fund, have control of your money, right? But this says be ready to help people when they're in need. So I'm thinking just instead of having my emergency funds, I should really have an emergency fund for other people, too. When someone comes to me and they need some gas money, if they need a hot meal or a place to stay, like I should be prepared for that. And not just prepared, I should be eager and have doors open. I should be looking for the opportunity to help people. And then the verse here has a little cross-reference in my Bible, and it tells me to go to 1 Timothy 3. And 1 Timothy 3 says, enjoy having guests at the house. So it's being eager, looking for people to help. And when you invite them in, it says, enjoy having them at your house. And that's just a way to show Christ to people. And the Corys, they're great at it. They have open doors, and they help me, and they've helped, I don't know how many people live there. <laughs> I feel like it's in the hundreds, you know, but it's just such a great thing that they're doing. And same in the church in Cavendish, you know, their doors are always open at the church. But it's not just having open doors. It says here to enjoy it. Enjoy sharing Christ with them. In verse 14 it says, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. So we're lucky that we live in America. We don't get that much persecution, really. I mean, people can treat us bad and look down at us, but it's not as intense as other countries. So we're doing all right. But even if we show people Christ and tell them about Christ, if they put us down, if they look down on us, like, we shouldn't be mad at them. So we should pray for them. We should forgive them. And we should love them anyways. And every time I have a problem like forgiving somebody, I always go back to in Luke, when Jesus is dying on the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. It's just like, if Jesus can forgive these people when they're killing him, I should be able to forgive people like in any situation in my life. It just makes it look so much smaller. So it always comes back to that. My problems are small. 
Jesus can forgive people in the craziest situations. But we have to pray and ask for forgiveness too. Ask God to help us forgive people. And when we can do this, when we can pray that people be blessed, that persecute us, this really shows maturity in our walk with Christ. This shows that we have the Holy Spirit that's helping us. And only the Holy Spirit's going to help us do that. It just shows forgiveness and love. And that's the gospel message right there. When we can really pray earnestly for these people that persecute us, pray that they are blessed, that shows maturity. Verse 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who weep. So I was listening to the radio a while back, and it said, when somebody's bummed out, when something bad happened in their life, they're sad, right? And that's an okay thing to do. It's alright to be sad when hard things happen. And the radio was telling me that when somebody's sad, they don't want to be cheered up. They don't want to hear that it's going to be alright, you know. They want to hear that, look, you're in a bad situation, and that is okay. It's okay for you to feel sad right now. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay. Get it out, you know. You can't just be acting happy all the time. You have to go through the emotions. So when you're when someone's sad, don't try to just cheer them up. Let them have that time of mourning. And it even says it right here. Mourn with those who mourn. So be sad with them, too. But it also says... Rejoice when people are rejoicing. Be happy with people that are happy, you know? Like, weddings, when people are getting married and it's a giant party, like, go party with them, you know? It's an awesome time to be happy. Enjoy the food and the company and the dancing and the music. We're supposed to be happy in those times. Enjoy the times with those people. Verse 16 says, Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. <laughs> I love how my Bible has that translation. There's even an explanation. Don't think you know it all. And this just kind of reminds me of Romans 12 back in the beginning. 1 and 2. kind of talks about being a new creation and giving your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, right? So that's an awesome thing to do. But this tells you to be like, hey, you know, you're, like, you're working for the Lord, but still, you got to be humble. Don't think you know it all. And Abe was helping me look at this last night, and his Bible had a little footnote here. And it said, mine says, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. But his said, like, don't think you're above any task. That's what his footnote said. And I think that was part of my problem here in the winter because I would help do the mountaintop service, but most of the work was like, oh, get these coffees or like move these chairs or like hand out bulletins or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can do that, you know, but I feel like speaking and preaching and teaching is kind of like what I'm called to do. So I almost felt like I was above those tasks. And that was a terrible way to look at it. That is not the right thing to do. Because if you look at Jesus, he washed his disciples' feet. 
There's no task that was too small for Jesus, and there's no task too small for us either. My old pastor, he would scrub the toilets in the church, you know, and someone caught him one time, like, why are you scrubbing the toilets? You know, like, that's not your job. You're the pastor. You go up and preach and speak, you know. It's like, yeah, I do do that, but this toilet had to be scrubbed still, you know. This was still work. And it's just so awesome just to realize that. No job is too small. Every job is important to do. And don't think you're above any task. Don't think you're above hanging out with ordinary people, it says. In the beginning, it says, live in harmony with each other. And this, <laughs> this is an action right here. Living in harmony and living at peace with people, you have to put an effort in to do that. It doesn't happen right away. And sometimes it's even like laying down what we want to live in harmony with people. We're not always going to get our way. And kind of working with the church, too, in any organization, when there's different people and there's different parts and things, you know, like, it's going to not mesh perfectly. There's going to be conflicts. Sometimes we just have to say, like, all right, this was my idea. Your idea is better, you know? <laughs> like, we're going to go with your plan. So living at peace with people is sometimes not always getting your way and just helping other people out, knowing that you're not always right, which is something I definitely had to work on, and I'm sure I still have to work on, but <laughs> it's good. It's good to learn that. Verse 17 says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you as honorable. So this is kind of talking about, don't get revenge, you know. A few weeks back, I preached on, just talking about God is the judge. And basically, we're not the judge. We just have to know God's purpose and what he's doing. And we have to know our place, too. We are not to judge people. That is... God's job. And it says here, we're not supposed to pay back evil for evil. And it says we're supposed to bless people that persecute us. We're just supposed to pray for them and just realize that God's going to take care of it. And God is just and our flesh is not. It says, live in such a way that everyone can see you as honorable. And I'm going to say, we are probably noticed more than we think, and we represent Christ, too. Does anybody have, like, a Loon Mountain Ministry sticker, or, like, the Jesus fish on their car, or, like, anything about Jesus? Does anybody have that on a vehicle? Right? So, we are representing Christ. People see that. So, if we're driving and someone cuts us off, like... We can't be flipping them the bird, you know what I'm saying? With our Jesus fish on the back. Like, people notice that, you know? And that may be like a little bit of an extreme one, but like, people at our work, in school, or whatever, they probably know that we're Christians. And they keep an eye on us. And if we're throwing fits and being rude and stuff, people aren't going to want Christ, basically. So, we need to be good representatives of Christ wherever we go. Realize that people notice us, 
more than we think. And if we want to share Jesus with them, we have to be a good example. We have to live an honorable life. And I've been reading Psalms lately. That's what I'm going through. And there's a ton of Psalms. I think I'm on like 130 right now, so I'm almost done. But Psalms is kind of saying, like, following God's law and His commands, it gives us peace. And it's the best way to live. And that was just something so encouraging, you know. It's not all these rules of things we can and can't do. Like, these commandments are there to give us the best life that we can possibly live. And that's what God's doing. Verse 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So again, this is saying, living at peace with people is an effort. We have to put work into it. Verse 17, or 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Those is telling us, never take revenge. Again, that's God's job. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. So I learned this at YWAM. Who thinks anger is a bad thing? Right? Anger typically has like a bad notation with it, you know, like anger is not a good thing. But here it says the righteous anger of God. And righteous anger would be a good thing. So anger is not always a bad thing. Anger does have benefits to it. And it can help you in times of need. But it has to be righteous anger, you know. So anger can be good. But we just have to know that God's going to take revenge. And it's his job to do it, not our job. Never pay back evil with more evil. Verse 20 says, Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Those are saying, help your enemies out. Give them food. Give them something to drink. And just bless them. Be a good person to them. And maybe they're going to realize you being a good person. Like, wow, I know this person's all right. Why was I being such a jerk to them? Why was I being so mean to them? And hopefully they will realize that. So if someone's being rude to you and mean, you just try to be the best that you can to them and bless them. In verse 21, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And I learned this is how you overcome strongholds too, by coming in the opposite spirit of things. <coughs> It says, don't let evil conquer you. Don't be evil, but you're going to combat that by being good. And it was cool. I looked up antonyms for the word evil, so the opposite of evil. And a few words I got were agreeable, delightful, gentle, good, lovely, kind, honest, right, worthy, sinless, 
friendly and pleasing. And some of these almost sounds like the fruits of the Spirit, right? This is basically how you combat evil. It's coming at evil with all this. Being good, being gentle, being kind, being sinless. So this is what we were called to do. Sounds like the fruits of the Spirit. But it's important because fruits of the Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit to do it. We're not that good at having the Spirit or the fruits ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to work in us. We have to submit to God, too. Just live our lives for Him. So the main questions I want to leave us with are we alert to God's sacrifice on the cross? Do we know that Jesus died for us to be close to God? Do we know that Jesus forgave the people that were killing him? And can we ask God for his strength to forgive people? Can we pray for the people that curse us and honestly do that? The second question is, are we eager to help people in need? Are we ready to help people? The person on the side of the street needing a ride? The homeless person sitting there? Are we eager to help them? And are we doing that with joy? Are we treating that person like they're Jesus? And the last one is, do we know how to combat trials? Do we know how to come against strongholds in our lives? Coming in the opposite spirit? Are we preparing ourselves with truths from the Bible? Are we using God's authority to overcome these things? And are we filling our hearts and minds with scriptures? Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for loving us. Thank you that you have saved us from the world and brought us closer to you. We just pray that we would seek you every day. We pray that we could grow closer to you. We would look to your people to help them. We would enjoy saving people, helping them, and pointing them to you. We just pray that we would fill our hearts and minds with your word. pray that evil and sin would just have no place in our lives. We would just look to you. We pray that we would know our place and your place, that you are in control and you have the power to overcome the world. We just invite your spirit into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Sean, yeah, let's give it up for Sean. Verse by verse, picking it apart. Um, <laughs> something that you know, we can learn from. Uh, out of curiosity, what's next for you, dude? So, the pastor Abe should have a meeting this month with Okimo. And hopefully, we'll be able to start kind of like a weekly ministry like we do here. And I have a friend coming from Jersey, from YWAM. He's coming for the winter, and another kid that I met will probably all hopefully get a place together and 
just build a little team, Bible studies, and outreach to the mountain, worship nights, just whatever God calls us to do. Bring them to open mic and the prison ministry and basketball. and Yeah, just get a crew because I was kind of like one of the only Christians my age in Vermont around the area. So that was kind of hard, you know. <laughs> so with the team, it'll be better, you know. So be praying for the meeting. Pray that goes well because I'd kind of be the resort chaplain, I guess, heading that up. So pray that God opens the door. That'd be awesome. Thank you, guys. Ava and Amanda Gross have been praying. They, they, they have a, a chapel at the base of Okemo. They've been praying for a long time for somebody to, to come along and to kind of start a mountain ministry there. And uh, it's really cool that after leaving the mountain ministry, Sean saw this opportunity and um, kind of springboarded into that. And, you know, God's definitely had, definitely has a plan and he's definitely moving over there. Um, so that's awesome to see. It's really encouraging. Thank you, Sean. 